Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. We are now in this most glorious time of year when we celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus. So many wonderful things that we can do this time of year, enjoying this wonderful celebration. And today is the third Sunday of Advent, which is the Sunday of joy. If you would please take a Bible, please stand, either a Bible in your hand, if you don't have one, we have Bibles over here, and uh, maybe use your phone, your tablet. We will read from Luke chapter 2. Very familiar, but it seems this is the only time of year we read this, so we will read it often. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Please follow in your translation. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Please be seated. The theme of Christmas joy was first announced in the announcement by the angels to the shepherds in the hills around Bethlehem. There is no lead-up to the announcement. The Bible says the angels suddenly stood before them. A bright light flashed. The shepherds were scared silly. They had no idea idea what was happening. They had heard somewhere that if anyone ever sees God, they would die immediately. The shepherds were 6 to 12-year-old boys entrusted to care for the family sheep. These would be boys about... Hudson's age out there on those hills. I've seen them often in the Holy Land. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. The shepherd boys, as scared as they were, had lost their swagger, if they had any, because it says of them, they were terribly frightened. They obeyed the direction given them, They went straight to Bethlehem. Do not turn to the right or left. I assume they ran to get there. 
Jesus' earthly life started with an announcement of joy. But there wasn't much joy in those boys. They were scared. The earthly life of Jesus ended with an announcement of joy. For this, we turn to Hebrews chapter 12. If you would do that in your Bible, chapter 12, verse 2. It speaks about Jesus and the end of his earthly life. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the suffering of the cross because of a future joy. The word for endured the cross is built on a concept from Isaiah of travail. It is birth pangs or labor pains. A mother endures the most severe pain the human body can endure in order to give birth to her baby. In labor, she's probably cursing every man on the earth who ever walked. But when the little baby is laid on her tummy, all of that pain is forgotten. She has her baby. Life is good. Jesus' future joy that was set before him in Hebrews 12 is all the people who would be born again, redeemed, restored, rescued from sin to live eternally in heaven. Jesus could see down through the tunnel of time all the way to Parker, Colorado in 2019. And he could see Pastor Mike Jones would become a believer. And that brought joy to the heart of Jesus. And because of that joy, he could endure the cross. Jesus' earthly life is bracketed by joy. There's joy at his birth. There's joy at his death. He could face the death because of the joy set before him. Now about midway through Jesus' earthly ministry, he told about spiritual life. And he said that he is the vine and his followers are the branches. And he explained that the branches become like the vine. And then he said about himself, These things I have spoken to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be made full. So as a follower of Jesus, I can feel and know the same joy that Jesus knows. Now, what is that joy? Well, this sermon will give you the answer. In your notes, it says that the main thought for today is God's joy is the salvation of sinners. Jesus told three stories about lost items. He told a story about lost sheep, a story about a lost coin, and a story about the prodigal son. Now, each of those stories represents the same truth. There is joy in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. 
A lost sheep, when found, brings joy. A lost coin, when found, brings joy. A lost son or a lost daughter who comes home brings joy. Jesus did not describe any other cause for joy in heaven. Not my good sermons. Not good music, Brother Greg. Not good works. Not good churches. Not good families. Not good marriages. Not good worship. Only lost sinners bring joy in heaven. Three weeks ago tomorrow, I did a funeral in Missouri. It was for a man I had known for years. He was part of our church. That husband went into the presence of Jesus. Well, the wife called me when he had had a severe stroke. He had a very bad prognosis. He was in an intensive care unit. He was not expected to live. And she asked if I would come to do the funeral. I agreed. I said, just let me know. A few days later, I called to confirm all of the arrangements. And when this wife answered the phone, she was screaming. She was laughing. She was hollering. She was crying with great joy. She said, she gave the name of her son, has come home. She could barely talk about her husband. She could barely talk about the funeral arrangements. All she could talk about was her son who had come home. This was a very good family. Three boys, one girl, four children. They're all in their 30s now. They have children of their own. One of the sons was estranged from the family for five years. The husband had told his wife, that when that boy comes home, he will be sobbing. When he heard that his father had had a stroke and was dying in a hospital bed, he made his way back home, went to the hospital room, stood there by his father's bed. His father was in a coma, couldn't talk to him, but he stood there sobbing. The family had never seen this boy's three youngest children. At the funeral, the mother could not take her eyes off of her son. Now that's just a small example of the joy that is felt by the angels in heaven and by God the Father when one lost man or woman, boy or girl, comes home. Here's another expression of the same thought. This is from noted Christian author Max Lucado. There are many reasons God saves you. To bring glory to himself, to appease his justice, to demonstrate his sovereignty. But one of the sweetest reasons God saves you is because he is fond of you. He likes having you around. He thinks you're the best thing to come down the pike in quite a while. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If God had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers every spring and sunrise every morning. Whenever you want to talk, he'll listen. He can live anywhere in the universe 
but he has chosen your heart. Friend, face it, he is crazy about you. God's entire focus all down through time. Before the Old Testament was written, the entire Old Testament message, the entire New Testament message is the salvation of the lost. There is nothing more important in the world. All of the events of the world focus on salvation. Everything God has done in history is to bring the lost home. First point. Jesus' birth brought joy because it was the start of the salvation process. Again, from the Gospel of Luke, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior. The sinless babe of Bethlehem was born to a 14-year-old Jewish virgin girl. Now, would you allow me a lot of liberty with the biblical text? God the Father heard that the birth went well. A healthy baby, mother is fine. Her fiancé Joseph helped. They're in the shelter of a barn right now. God says, I am thrilled. I have waited so long for this. 2,000 years ago, I told Abraham I was going to do something about sin. I waited for the Greeks to spread their language and their culture throughout the world so the story of my son could be told. I waited for the Romans to declare a census so the family could go back to the place of their origin. So in the fullness of time, my son was born. God turned to the angels with pride in his voice. He said, did you ever see such a beautiful baby? I haven't. I've seen them all. I saw Cain. I saw Abel. I saw Noah. I saw Isaac. I saw Jacob. I saw David. All of them. But none like this one. This one is my pride. I know there'll be challenges, but the ball is rolling. And you say, what ball? What's he talking about? What ball? The ball of salvation. The means for people to be saved is started. I am overjoyed that this happened. There wasn't much joy in Bethlehem other than a healthy baby had been born. The shepherds weren't joyful. They were scared to death. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. Joseph and Mary had made plans to return to Nazareth, but three kings came with gifts and said, you better not go home. There's a warrant out for your baby. So they were told to go far away to Egypt. That's like going to the other side of the world. No joy in Bethlehem. All the joy was in heaven. Connie and I attended the Christmas program for our youngest granddaughter, Kate, one week ago Thursday. She is in preschool at Southeast Christian Church. Our own Brittany Teagland was the director. She did a marvelous job. Our own Nathan Teagland is the school principal there. 
He was busy trying to stuff one more grandma in the room and then find a chair for her to sit on. Now, before the performance began, the director of the preschool came out and made an announcement to the, the audience. She asked that all of the parents, all of the grandparents, please refrain from standing, from waving, from calling out names, from flash photography, any other thing that would distract or cause the children to be frightened. You see, for most of these children, this was their very first time to be on a stage, very first time to be in a program. They were a bit fearful, a bit timid. Of course, you know, there's always one precocious little kid who will get up in front and, you know, wave to his mother. But most of the children were fearful and just a bit shy. All of the joy in that room was in the audience. It wasn't on the stage. If you could read words into Grandpa's face, he sat there and he said, See my boy up there? Best looking one in the bunch. <laughs> Mothers were tearful as their little firstborns came up and sang as Brittany directed them. Grandma's complained, see that big kid standing in front of my little cherub? I can't even see her. <laughs> no joy on the stage. All the joy was in the audience. The prophet Nehemiah said it this way. Nehemiah 8.10 For the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am secure. I am strong because God takes joy in me. The joy of the Lord is not an adrenaline rush. It's not, oh, do I feel joyful. That's nothing. My joy is that God takes joy in me. Every child on that stage that day was secure and safe because parents and grandparents sitting in the audience took joy in them. <laughs> and parents and grandparents would move the earth for those little ones. My strength is that God takes joy in me. God the Father dispatched angels to make this joyful announcement. I, God, am filled with joy because you are going to be saved. <laughs> and you are safe and secure because I'm going to save you. That's Jesus' birth. Second point, Jesus' death brought joy because salvation was accomplished in the resurrection. Hebrews 12.2 again. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For a second time, allow me great liberty with the Bible text. As Jesus approached Gethsemane, following the Last Supper, he said to himself, this is going to be tough, but it's worth it. Because it's the only way that people can be redeemed from sin. I know one of my friends will betray me. I know I will be beaten within an inch of my life. I know all of my followers will scatter out of fear. I know I will be hung on a cross by the Romans and left there to die. 
But it's worth it because it's the only way people can be redeemed. In heaven, God bit his lip as he watched his son be tortured. He said, this is a lot worse than I thought. I can't watch anymore. Tell me what's happening. Is he dead yet? Yes, they're taking him down off of the cross. They're going to put him in a tomb. God said, does anyone have a watch with an alarm on it? We have to wait three days. Yes, came the reply. When the alarm sounded, God said, I'm going back to get him. And God Almighty came down on the earth and rolled back the stone and reached in and pulled out his son and breathed into him and blood started flowing and breath came into his lungs and he walked around. Jesus was alive. The angels in heaven began singing the hallelujah chorus. Did you know that was sung in heaven before George Frederick Handel brought it to earth? Forty days were necessary for Jesus' followers to see him walk around and talk. Some were still not convinced he was alive, but most believed. When Jesus' followers spread the word that Jesus was alive, people began to believe it, and they were filled with joy because they knew God. Jesus' followers were filled. The new believers were filled. Now there's joy on heaven. Now there's joy on earth. Third point. To experience the joy of Christmas, live out and share the gospel, the good news. John 15, 11, very important verse. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy, the joy of seeing people saved and redeemed from sin, might be in you. And your joy, the joy of seeing people saved and redeemed from sin, might be made full. The Apostle Paul preached in Thessalonica, Greece for a short time. People were saved. They followed Jesus. A little church was formed. Not long afterward, the Apostle Paul was in a Roman prison, and he wrote back to the people in Thessalonica. And he said about them, you people are my glory and joy. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 20. As the Apostle Paul languished in a Roman prison, not knowing what tomorrow would bring, his joy was in remembering the Thessalonian people and how they now were saved and walking with the Lord. The angels in heaven, God the Father, Jesus were all thrilled that they were Christians in Thessalonica. Paul was thrilled. The apostle from his jail cell says to them, you people are my joy. I've told you three things. Number one, I told you that Jesus' birth brings joy because it was start of the salvation process. Number two, Jesus' death brings joy because salvation is accomplished in the resurrection. And number three, to experience the joy of Christmas, live out and share the gospel, the good news. The salvation experience is a process. The seed must be planted, the seed must be watered, and then the seed 
blooms and is harvested. The Apostle Paul explained that to us. And people do each step of the way. When you gave your heart to Jesus, a celebration took place in heaven. Yay! He's saved now. Yay! He's redeemed. He's not going to die. He's going to live. The people who told you about Jesus felt joy. Maybe it was your mother. Maybe it was a college friend. Maybe it was a Royal Ranger leader. Maybe it was a work associate, a neighbor. That person who told you about Jesus and now know that you're saved and going to heaven is thrilled with joy. And if you're doing any of those steps, you can have joy. Your joy is the people you help along their way to heaven. In the award-winning musical, The Sound of Music, Julie Andrews sang My Favorite Things. The lyrics are like this. When I am feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. Well, when you're, favorite, when you're feeling sad, think of your favorite things. And what are your favorite things? The people you have helped on their way to heaven. And when you think of that, you will have joy and glory. Maybe you witnessed to your son or daughter. Maybe you told a friend about Jesus. Possibly at work or in school. Someone said to you, what makes you tick? And you told them about Jesus. I love what our brother Chris Roybal did over at the Parker uh, Hilltop Apartments. They gave out 50 ornaments. You know, brother Chris, when you get to feeling sad, you can just have a little mental picture of one of those children you helped along the way, and you won't feel sad anymore. I love what Jim and Nancy do at the Navajo Reservation down in New Mexico. When you feel sad, you just think of some of those people that you've helped along their way to heaven, and you won't feel sad anymore. When I feel sad, I think about the many people I have influenced to follow Jesus. I received a nice Christmas card from a lady in St. Louis. She explained to me what a blessing my life was to her and her faith walk. I think about all the people in the churches in Mexico that we have built, and I don't feel sad. When you feel sad, get a mental picture of some person you've helped along their way to heaven. You've witnessed to them. You've helped the fruit to grow, and you won't feel sad. God's Christmas joy is salvation, the redemption of sinners who have turned back to God. God and the angels in heaven are filled with joy when a lost man or a lost woman, a lost boy or a lost girl comes home. We love to hear good testimonies. Good testimonies thrill us. God provides a job. God provides meeting a financial need. God opens a door. But the testimonies that touch the deepest part of our heart are testimonies of conversion. Testimonies of a lost person coming home to Jesus. Testimonies of someone who says yes to the Lord. Maybe this morning you're wandering around out in the cold. The call to you is, come home.
come home. Jesus stands with his arms open wide. You do that by admitting you're a sinner and asking him to forgive you. Please bow your head. Pray to the Lord about your witness. Pray to the Lord about how you could help people on their way to heaven. And if you are asking Jesus to forgive your sins, just look up at me. When we make eye contact, I will know that you are praying to be born again. Let us all pray. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of salvation that brings joy in heaven and joy on the earth. Amen. Please stand. Now, we've already sung Joy to the World, but we're going to sing it again. This time, we're going to do it a cappella. I want everybody in the room to join. If you can sing parts, do. Be a choir. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and, heaven and nature sing. I will be here at the conclusion of the meeting if anyone would want to come and talk or pray. Now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time now and forever. Amen. God bless you and Merry Christmas. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.